So good day, I'm Jadev Chiba, and the topic we will be covering today is managing IT literally in the dark times. This will hopefully serve as a guide for CIOs for doing business in South Africa. Joining us today is Fakile Sibia, who is the Chief Information Officer of E4, a fintech software company. Fakile oversees the vision, the leadership uh, development and implementation of IT initiatives for the company. Welcome, Fakile. It is good to have you on the podcast today. Thank you, Jadav. I'm very happy to be here today. Yes, I'm, I'm looking forward to our conversation as we spoke earlier. Um, it's it's a topic that's passionate to both of us, so so it's going to be great having this conversation with you. I, I think to start off with, you know, Clearly, uh, IT and, and CIOs in this country are experiencing massive challenges of where we find ourselves. Perhaps you want to talk a little bit about those challenges and, and also look at things like how alternative energy solutions like solar play a crucial role in, in providing uninterrupted services to your to your customers. Yeah, thanks, Jadav. So I think, <clears throat> you know, interestingly, CIOs never really got a break since 2020, actually. <laughs> so it's just a continuation of um, of crisis. You know, uh, we were in the pandemic, we came out of the pandemic, and now we have um, an endemic situation, you know, mm. with, with the load shedding. Um, and I think it's 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 a very big challenge um, having to manage an, an IT platform and provide a service to customers which is not compromised when you're dealing with a situation um, where, you know, you, you our, our power is limited. I mean, it's a reality. Um, I, I I think in the last couple of days, we've just been, you know, in and out of, you know, between stage four and stage six. Mm-hmm. And that obviously puts pressure, you know, on IT systems because we are heavily reliant on, on power. I mean, data centers, um, you know, need to have maximum power. And I think... Um, the way around it, that is is for us to really think differently around, um, you know, ownership of, of IT systems and facilities. And what I mean by that is um, we, we need to partner more because there are companies that are geared um, for these sort of crises, companies that have got backup powers um, that can hold, you know, gallons, you know, of, of diesel and so, you know, I, I would really urge CIOs to, to not be obsessed with running data centers in-house if they don't have to. You know, assessing yeah. the risk and understanding your risk profile is to outsource that service to people that um, <clears throat> do these sort of things on a daily basis who, you know, this is their core business. So hosting, for example, with, um, with, a, with a data center provider, um, as well as leveraging cloud. You know, I think it's, a, it's, a, it's an opportune time um, to look at alternative ways of of hosting and provisioning IT IT systems. Interestingly, you spoke about um, the you know leveraging renewables, yeah. um, and I think that that's two prong for me. It's there's the the question around the continuity of providing IT systems, but also there's the sustainability portion. So data centers, I mean, I don't believe that we're at a point where they can fully run on renewable energy. Uh, just because of the intensity of the demand um, of power for, for for systems to run, however, I think it's 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 quite important to have a blend, you know, a, a, um, an energy mix mm-hmm. when you are running a data center, both from a sustainability perspective, but also from a continuity perspective. Look at an uh, um, a provider if you do have a provider, or if you have to run a data center, look at option to have that right energy mix where you're dependent on the grid, um, and you can supplement that energy. 
uh, throughout the you know the life cycle of 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 your service, so I think it's 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 quite important and it goes beyond just the 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 crisis with ESCOM. I mean, you'd think about climate change. Yeah. We had a thunderstorm last night. It's w- middle of winter, so I think we also need to think about as leaders in the IT space, what is our contribution towards the sustainability um, mm. of 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 our of of the earth that we inherited. True. So I, I guess it's almost. You know, evolving to a a new um, setup, almost going towards renewables, but over time because it's not going to happen overnight. As correct. Such. Correct. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. okay. Maybe let's talk a little bit about about fiber fiber infrastructure, which has equally been challenging in mm. this country. You know, including things like cable theft and and breaks. Yeah. And and how does that impact your business? And um, you know, what steps can you take to to mitigate against these these challenges? It's very interesting that um, you know we're becoming more and more reliant on <laughs> on on technology, um, and yet you know we have some fundamental um, challenges on the infrastructure that enables all of that. Yeah. And I mean, fiber is one. So when we have the the, the power situations, it does have an impact on the the fiber infrastructure. Uh, But in South Africa, you know, South Africa is a very different place. Um, And I mean, I know there are parts of the world that are similar, but our construct is quite interesting because we deal with multiple dimensions of challenges at any given point. And and fiber theft, I mean, is a big one. We, We had... I think in the last couple of months, um, major, major challenges. And our provider would say to us, look, we've had f- fiber theft. <laughs> you know, what do we do? Mm-hmm. Uh, or we've had low light on our infrastructure because of the, you know, the, you know on and off with, with the load shedding. And that impacted on our services. Um, and I think diversifying um, on your, on your, on your um, supply is very important. Because, I mean, the chances mm-hmm. are if you've got two or three, depending on your risk profile, again, uh, multiple providers. When one is down, one can carry you. And utilizing, you know, the 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 the, the um, availability of technology to, to do that seamlessly. So, you know, looking at SD-WAN, um, mm-hmm. so have multiple providers Routine, as your so. as your backhaul, put overlaying that with an, an SD-WAN configuration so that when one line goes down, the other one picks up and you're able to carry on. And as, and so I think our, our thinking just needs to be geared towards resilience, 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 um, yeah. and play multiple scenarios in, in 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 your planning and in your thinking around if this happens, what's my name? And I, I know it's training for a lot of people because all of us want to be creative and play with new tech, but I think we've just got to go back to the basics. True. How you know, do we and, make and, sure? And, and, and I mean, we've we gone long past the days of an eight to five Absolutely. cycle right we're all into the 24 by 7 mm. 365 model and and that just means and as you said earlier we've gone digital and 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 yeah. we're relying so much on tech that our 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 entire day and mm. and, and and businesses and at a personal level we're reliant on this tech so so almost building that into the thinking and the design is extremely important absolutely and i mean our our, our society our, our clientele are people that interact with technology all the time um, so you and I, after this conversation, the first thing we'll do is probably look at our phones. And, and, and there's an expectation of this continuous and, and 24 by 7 availability. And so <clears throat> we need to weave that into our businesses and into our thinking. It's how do, you, how do you make sure that you can provide this expectation? I mean, 
our platform is an example. We are, we promise promise our clients that it's software as a service. You log in anytime it's available, mm-hmm. and so the task on us to ensure that you know we can um, live up to that promise. Um, is is quite a challenge, but it's doable. It just takes a lot of thinking. Yeah, and and I guess the more you move towards cloud type solutions or hosted solutions, your your connectivity all becomes more and more important in terms of of being able to provide that twenty four by seven service. Absolutely, and 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 hence you know the 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 need to look at all of this tech availability out there. Um, and so we, I mean, we 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 are in this challenge. There's nothing we can do about it. We are in it, um, but I think it's it's very important to look at those at those options. You know, yeah. if you can even host outside of South Africa, you know, there's there, there's avenues to do that. But you you really abdicate the risk that we sit with yeah. um, on shore. Look, I, I think the important point, and and we see this with the mobile operators now that they've had to go and you know find mechanisms and ways of ensuring availability, and mm. and I suppose they're exactly the same challenge is thrown at CIOs to say, how do I make my systems always available and redundant and 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 there for people and my customers to use? Absolutely. Okay. Let's move on to to cybersecurity. And I know it's a, it's another big buzzword in my the industry. My favorite topic. <laughs> <laughs> it's your favorite topic, you know. Um, clearly, there are massive challenges and threats. And as we go more and more digital, you know, what are some of the, 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 the mitigation and measures that companies could put into place around cybersecurity? Yeah, so <clears throat> you know, <laughs> um, someone asked me to say, "What's what's what's more important for you to look at at the moment? Is it the load shedding, you know, the continuity, or is it the cybersecurity?" And it's I said, "I don't unfortunately, know." Unfortunately, it's both. <laughs> it's both. <laughs> I don't know which one to pick at any given point. And I mean, the the the, the threat surface just keeps on increasing on a daily mm. basis. Um, and 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 unfortunately, because of the world we live in, or fortunately, so there's a there's there's an up and, and a down to it, is that we've become globalized. Yes. So you know the the the, the borders from a digital perspective <coughs> none, f- are, don't exist, right? They've yes. completely flattened. Yes. And so a war ensues between Russia and Ukraine and all of a sudden my network <laughs> is inundated affected. with threats, right? Um I always say to people it's all good and well to play with the new things. Mm. But for me is play with the new things after you've gotten your basics right. You cannot tell me about some fancy AI tech when you don't have a basic antivirus. So when it comes to cybersecurity, I think it's quite important um, to really go back and look at, do we have the basics covered? Are we managing our vulnerabilities? Mm. Do we have any means um, of, 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 you know, protecting the perimeter um, how much of traffic that's coming in are we able to look at, analyze, assess, and determine whether it's right or wrong? Um, and you know, <clears throat> I've seen I've seen companies that that run and you say, um, okay, let's talk about your antivirus, and they're like, well, why do I need an antivirus? Exactly. You know, yeah. so um, I think going back to basics, it, basics is is quite important. Um, I mean, find find a framework that works for your organization. Um, and try implement as many of the controls as possible. And I'm not saying that completely shelters you, but at least you know it it prevents um, a lot of the uh, um, of the stuff that that could potentially get you. So remediate your vulnerabilities and have that as a practice. Mm. Um, and 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 find understand your attack vectors. You know um, in your environment. And make sure that you block those. And mm. I believe if you have that discipline in in, in security, you really I mean, you can't completely protect yourself, but you, you know, you limit it. And also think around 
everyone says it's not a matter of if but when. Correct. When it yeah. does happen, what is you my reason? You are ready and prepared. Pre- precisely. Yeah. How do I how do yeah. I come back? You need to understand what is critical. What are the crown jewels in the organization? Yeah. What is it that if compromised we go down completely? And what is the redundancy on it? Um, how do I recover? So you've got to do both. You've got to protect, but you've also got to understand how do I recover? How, how to remediate. Uh, co- correct. And there's frameworks, you know, readily available. Uh, some of them, you know, you can get for free um, and look at what do I need to be putting in place to at least try protect myself. And <laughs> in a case where the protection doesn't work, I'm able to 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 come back and 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 the business yeah. can continue. You know, you you make a fundamental point. In in fact, all of the topics we've spoken about is that you know we 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 can almost live where tech people mm. and and no disrespect to them, you know, like to go and chase the new shiny <laughs> yeah, toys yeah. and then they forget about those basics. basics. And the basics are in fact becoming more important and mm. more fundamental today for continuity Absolutely. of business you know because Absolutely. you can build a fantastic new solution but if your infrastructure is not up and available what's the point what's the point <laughs> absolutely <laughs> what's the point yeah so let's talk a little bit about disaster recovery and, and backup providers you know how do you approach the the selection of partnering with reliable providers to ensure this resilience and continuity in your business operations um <clears throat> interestingly you know we've we've just come out of a um a phase of 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 looking to revamp um our our, our um continuity strategy and part of it was looking at how do we service providers, if it, yes. service providers absolutely from a from a backup perspective um i think <clears throat> at at this point you we, you need to look at um so there's a couple of things for me first of all is the 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 reputation of the provider that's mm-hmm. that's that's quite important in the market. I mean, um, you want you know durable equipment, but you also want guys that understand resiliency. Um, and and I mean at this uh, um, at this age that we're in, um, ransomware is is quite a, is quite topical. Quite um, and unfortunately, you know, data continues. Or fortunately, data continues um, to be you know a valuable asset in a lot of organizations. So I think going with a company that understands data. Number one, and understand how to secure data um, and 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 keep it secure and ensure that you know you can you you can have it readily when you need it. So when I get a backup provider, I look at somebody whose system can keep my data safe um, from the likes of ransomware, etc. So once I get onto the backup platform, how much is my protection? Mm-hmm. And and the, when I talk to a provider, I need them to be passionate about that because then I know um, the tool you know can do the work. Um, but I also want someone that is interested in my network setup because sometimes you can buy a tool and when you bring it onto your environment, it doesn't, work, it yes. doesn't do the work, right? Yeah. Um, so be, be, be as passionate about um, understanding my network and, 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 how, you know, and how it's orchestrated as well as my customer base, my risk profile. Um, and sell me the right solution. So I think that's quite important. And you've got to work, work a journey. It's not a you know, one time over the counter transaction. Yeah, it's, pe- it's a partnership. It's a partnership, correct. Yes. It's a partnership. And it's got to be somebody that is available because you're going to spend millions on, on some of these solutions. Somebody who's available um, to continue the conversation post-implementation. Mm. Uh, and if you're having troubles, you can pick up the phone and call them and say, listen, because that's insurance. It's a grudge purchase, but it's very important that you look at it because in an eventuality, 
that's where you you know your first place to go to um, to recover your business. Yeah, I, I just want to echo your your first point about you know the ability of the third party provider, and you almost want to measure your third party that they has to, they have to be at least as good as you, if not better Correct. than you. Absolutely. Not 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 less of not, not less m- of incapable of what you you want out of out of that relationship. Correct. Correct. So it's extremely important. Um, the other big challenge in our industry of, of IT is, is that of skills uh, and, and the skill shortage. You know, does it affect your organization? And you know, what strategies are you employing to, first of all, address shortage, mm. attract talent, and even to retain talent? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> big, big ask. Big, big ask. Um, I mean, I, I don't think anyone in tech can can claim, you know, not to be affected uh, mm. by by that skills thing. We spoke earlier about how the digital borders just have flattened. Um, I mean, I hear young people now after varsity say, "I've got a I've gotten a job. It's fully remote. I don't have to go to any office. My colleagues Correct. are sitting in Europe, America, uh, and somewhere, you know, in 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 the continent." And, and it's great. You know, I, I do what I want whenever I want. And I sit there and I think, gee, was, how do we match that? It's really right. hard to compete with <laughs> it's that It's very kind hard of to offering. compete with, with that kind of offering. Absolutely. Um, and I think from a South African perspective, our culture is still, you know, I've got to see you to understand that you're working. I've got to, you've got to be in the office. Yeah, I, I like calling it the in- <laughs> input versus output input approach. Input versus, uh, precisely. And I mean, in COVID, we threw tools to the business to say, here's how you measure productivity. Here's how you manage a remote workforce. Mm. But even with that, in 2022, the ask was come back to the office because I, I don't think we're at a point where we have the culture of this remote setup and, and managing a remote mm. workforce. And we'll get there. But I think the challenge is the migration of skills. And and now you're not competing with a closed um, market. It's really Open. It's and so global. It's a global market. It's a global market. And I mean, um, you, you know, skilled people are playing on that. So you see people move from company to company. When I look at CVs now, you see somebody has hopped every six months for the last two years. Um, and so, I mean, it's it's interesting on the, on the one hand, but it's challenging for, for, for us as leaders. And I think where we need to really invest um, is upskilling our own. Okay. So growing yes. our own timber, I think uh, we, we need to go back um, to, to that. So it, it, it's because I mean you can't get to the end and say I don't have the skills. So investing in in people, upskilling in house. Um, but I think at some point we also need to come together as an industry and say how do what what are tech people looking for? Do we understand that value proposition mm. and create an environment? Um, where we 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 we're cultivating, you know, that um, that culture where we um, encouraging these people, you know, to 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 stay. Because if you're gonna offer a developer two hundred thousand rands, and I can't afford to do that, I mean, you know, so you so I think yeah. it needs to be um, a, a collective conversation. But I think at the same time, we we have to have to focus on upskilling um, because. You know, when when guys leave, we're very quick to replace. But I mean, the question needs to be, how do we make sure that when, you know, people don't even need to leave? How do we create that culture? Mm -hmm. Um, And and when you think about the work-life balance that uh, people have gotten accustomed to during COVID, and now you expect people to come back to the office and someone comes and gives the offering that I mentioned earlier, you just can't compete. So how do we create that, you know, work-life balance that people are looking for 
um, and you know pay them at the rate you know at the at the at the level that <laughs> they need to be paid. Yeah. It's 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 almost you know culturally if you go back to pre-pandemic mm. pre-COVID mm. you know this thing about going to the office was just a normal thing and everybody accepted exactly. it. Exactly. And and COVID's clearly changed all of yeah. that. So a clear decisioning criteria for individuals is: Are you forcing me to forcing come to the, to the office, office or not? Correct. Yeah. And and that's such a pivotal thing. It is. Uh, yeah. The the other thing I would just spoke about you talk about upskilling. You know, don't you think we also need to be driving a lot of new training, new people being brought in because because I think there's there's a lot of opportunity of mm. bringing on interns or trainees. Mm. Um, and companies don't always want to invest at that level, mm. but but we almost need to f- flood the market. Maybe that that's an exaggeration, but to almost know because people are going to move on no, naturally as their career yeah. progresses. Yeah. So we need to have a feeding system from the bottom, if if if, if that's a, a way of describing it. No, you make a very good point, uh, Jadev. And when I talk about upskilling, I'm talking from from the grassroots yes, because okay. we've got to build a pipeline. We cannot say we've got a skills shortage. What have we as an industry done to ensure that, you know, people are coming up from mm-hmm. a high school level? I mean, we can't even talk about university from go. a high school level. Because that's when they start coding, right? That's when they start coding now, right? And, and I mean, I know um, some, of, some of the financial institutions will go to a university and sponsor a classroom. To say, you you know, from a financial markets perspective, here's the curriculum. We're going to partner with you on the curriculum. Are we doing that as the yes. IT industry? You go to a high school level and start building a pipeline for the industry. Get children excited about being in, in IT, being mm. in tech. And so you the, the upskilling needs to start from there. And the people then come up university and you know that on the other side, you've, you know, you, 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 you've got the supply. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas now we just have this demand that keeps going up, but we don't see uh, the skills coming, yeah. um, coming yeah. up. So, so the upskilling needs to start from, yeah, from, from I've there. been involved in, 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 in one initiative for instance called Code Like a Girl, mm. where you're almost training young girls, teenagers, and, and almost training them to build websites, you know, in yeah. a short period of time. Yeah. So there are those interventions, but what what isn't evident is is the industry-wide Correct. drive to, to do something like that. Let's talk a little bit about hybrid work models. You know, clearly we've got a workforce that's now some work at home, some come to yeah. the office, etc. You know, and and how do you how do you approach managing your IT infrastructure to facilitate this hybrid workforce. Sure. So, <laughs> um, you you just took me back to 2020. <laughs> I know. <laughs> when you know someone would ask that question, and you know their eyes would just open wide. Um, <clears throat> I think number one for us, um, just because of the nature of what we do in the business we're in, making sure that we can secure the environment. So we, I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big advocate for hybrid work. I think work-life balance is very important. And I think, you know, work should fit into people's lives, not the other way around. Mm. Um, and so ensuring that, you know, we can secure um, our data, that's very important. Um, and make sure that we can, you know, just secure the environment regardless of where you're coming from. So, you know, and there's mechanism. I know people talk about um, VPN, um, there's the Z scalers, et cetera. Um, but ensuring that your number one, your employees understand the risk that comes with, 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 with um, okay. managing a remote workforce, correct. Um, and just getting them into the culture um, of, of being conscious 
about security. And so we do a lot of, I mean, my organization, we do a lot of awareness training from a security perspective, Um, you know, including things like when you're at a coffee shop working, we want you to do that, absolutely. Um, but do it securely. So when you go pick up your coffee from the <laughs> from the counter, make sure you lock your machine. And and when you, you know, log back in, how do you get then into the environment? You know, we, we, we've got to make sure that all of that is, is secure. And just giving people the freedom to work from any device that they want to. Mm-hmm. And I think <clears throat> what we focus on a lot is office anyway, office anytime, uh, but we then build an environment where we can secure um, that that interaction and make our employees feel safe, you know, to work from 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 any place. Um, and and I think it's there's a lot of tools and and tech available to to do that. Um, and another thing, we do a lot of behavioral analysis on what our employees are doing, so that if we see anything out of kilter, you know, you can very quickly phone them up and say, "Hey, what's going on? Yes. Are you okay? Yeah. Is that you on your machine, or is it somebody else?" So I think just using the the tools and technologies available um, to enable that, because I think as IT, we need to focus more on enabling. So hybrid is not a problem. It's a mm-hmm. problem when you're not prepared for it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and I think, you know, on the one hand, you, you want people to be able to work from wherever they are, but you've got to strike that balance Correct. of... Uh, security and resilience and, 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 and those facets that are important from an IT, IT service point of view. Absolutely. Apart from all these challenges we've spoken about, <laughs> you know, are there any other significant obstacles or trends that you think CIOs should be mindful of in, in, in the current IT landscape? Yeah, I think the challenge of balancing risk <laughs> you know, because I, I feel like for the for the last two years, you know, we've been very or, or three years, uh, we've been very much focused on managing risk. But I think yeah. another challenge that we have is just the rate of change in in technology. And so while you're managing risk, um, you, you know, you've you've got to look up and, and think, um, where's my business going? Um, all of these new technologies and offerings that are coming, what impact do they have, have on my business? What opportunities do we need to exploit? And I'm saying it's a challenge because we don't get the time to do that. Correct, yes. And so we, we, we keep moving and then you wake up one day and, and AI is a big thing. Chat GPT is a thing. Do I let it into my business? Do I not? Correct. And I think that's a challenge, just deciphering you know, what is right and, 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 and what is beneficial for the business while managing the risk. Um, and I think we 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 we're working in a client in a, an environment where we're very much focused on risk management, and we should, just because of how where we're operating at the moment. Um, but I think we we must just not forget that lens um, of the opportunities that you pick up from from new tech. So I think there's just a lot being thrown at 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 at, at um, IT leaders. Um, and navigating all of it while yeah. trying to keep the lights on. Absolutely, and 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 you know, if you think about it, the the the, the emphasis on risk has been overly emphasised over the last three four years. Correct. But the, the need for keeping an eye on what's coming down the line, where the mm. business is going, and mm. looking out. So I think the big challenge is not do I do one or the other, but mm. how do I strike that how balance? How do I strike the balance? And, and how do I kind of sort the risk issue out? And I think to a large degree, you should have sorted it out by now. By now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and really start focusing on, because because that's Correct. how you help the business kind mm. of move forward, mm. which is which is where you really want to be, I no, guess, as, as, a, as a CIO. And a as contributor an of value, yeah. Mm. Um, 
How would you approach the preparation of contingency plans? If, if we go back to the whole disaster recovery and, and, and backup providers, and who would normally be involved in a process like that in your organization or in any organization, mm. I guess? Mm. So, I mean, I think um, just getting to the who, I think at this point is, the, is everyone in the organization. Mm. Obviously, it'll be championed by, you know, the risk um, managers, security, you know, um, personnel, etc. But I think everyone in the organization at this environment, in this environment we're operating in, needs to be very aware um, and needs to understand what to do in case, <laughs> you know, of, a, of an emergency or um, a crisis or a disaster. Um, and I think it, it needs to be ingrained in, in everyone within the organization, including your clientele, um, you know, to, the, to, the, to an extent that you can, you, you can control. I mean, if you've got um, a retail customer base, it might not be feasible, but business to business is an example. You know, we've, we've got to start partnering to say, hey, if we have a ransomware, how do we both respond to it? Mm -hmm. um, who communicate? Who says what to who? Uh, what's the first thing that we pick up? And um, just having the, 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 the playbooks, and we spoke earlier about testing generators, um, and you've got to test your contingency plan. It cannot just be that we put it together, we put it in a safe, it gathers dust, and, and, on, hope, it on, and hope it will work one day, <laughs> yes. right? Yeah. So it is, it's putting together these playbooks, and sometimes they have to be specific to the event. Yes. I cannot treat a ransomware event like I would a power outage event. Completely different. It's completely yeah. different. And so do my staff understand, number one, uh, what these contingency plans are? Where, where are they stored? Where are they? Um, and, and when something happens... Who goes, picks them up, you know, dust it off and people know what to do. So I think we need to be in a place where everybody in the team know how to orchestrate an event. Yes. Um, everybody knows this is the position I need to take. This is the place I need to take. Um, and, 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 and this is how we then move forward. Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, everybody needs to be involved. Yes, it can be led, but everyone needs to be involved. Everyone needs to be aware mm. so that we're not all running around communicating the wrong thing to the clients, um, <laughs> you know, making the wrong calls and the wrong decisions. All of that needs to be pre-planned, pre pre-tested, and it's just a seamless, yeah. you know, continuity. And, and, and I guess the testing is important of those plans, you know, almost running simulations Correct. to see that it works. people will do what they said they <laughs> exactly. were going to do or supposed to do according Precisely. to the, the, the procedures and the plans. Precisely. So that whole incident response plan and, and the mitigation becomes so important to, to, to test and trial. No, absolutely. And I mean, um, you know, we, we, we traditionally look, looked at incidents response plans as a, you know, it's a, it's a one, one fit all. But that embodies a whole lot of other things below it. So sec what, what's the security event? How do you respond to it? Um, what's an infrastructure failure event? How do you respond to it? What's a natural disaster event? Mm -hmm. And how do you respond to it? Right? So I think your incident response needs to be very much ingrained into the culture of the organization. Yeah. yeah. We haven't spoken much about cost, but clearly, you know, additional redundancy, service providers, all of these challenges clearly has an impact on the cost structure of IT. And, you know, first of all, you know, how do you manage that, that cost structure and, and does this cost structure eventually have a ripple effect through to the client at some stage? Sure, cost. 
<laughs> uh, and how do you even, you know, justify the cost um, to your board? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> because for them it's like, but what's the value of this? And, and I mean, unfortunately, some of the things such as uh, disaster recovery um, backups, it's insurance, right? And you might go five years and not and not use it. Correct. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but it's got to be done. So I think we, we we cannot run away from the 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 issue of cost. Uh, but I think it's important for us as IT leaders to articulate the value um, and the return on investment. And I mean, if you if you say to to your board, the last thing you want is we, we've got a ransomware attack and we cannot recover the business. So what's the better evil? Is it spending the money now, which is a bit you know painful, it's a grudge purchase, mm. um, or losing <coughs> our business entirely? So I think just, you know, getting to the heart of why is the cost necessary? And I don't think um, your clients necessarily need, because those are basics. Those are things you should have in place. Um, yeah. and, and, and I think, I, 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 I don't think you can necessarily um, immediately pass it on to, to your customer. But, but if you articulate the value, um, I think the, the cost sort of plays itself, plays itself yeah. out. And I mean, it's... It, it's a very hard, um, you know, for your executive team or, or your board, um, it's, it's, it's hard for them to say no to these things because it's, it's in our face. I mean, we, we've seen organizations go out for five days, losing customers, losing, yeah. um, losing revenue and losing some of the, the, the business offerings. And it's a real thing. It's you know, it's not. We don't just read about it on the papers. <laughs> it's it's real. Yeah, real, we, real examples. Like, I can count a couple of examples just in this year, um, where where that has happened. So I think eventually, you know, the 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 cost goes to the the customer, but I think the value that you get out of it, yeah. um, is is I mean, it's it's undeniable. And I guess we 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 almost in been in circ- special circumstances because. Business continuity is the key driver here rather than what new value what and new what's value. my return Correct. on investment. Correct. You know, the fact that you can say, I can make sure that you're not going to be down you're for five days. You're not going to be down for five days. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. that's a better, um, it, that's where you want to be. Because I mean, it's 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 really a, a, a tough um, a, a tough environment. But I mean, you, you talk about cost. I think we... we there's something we don't often talk about, and that is the impact of of you know global circumstances mm-hmm. on us because we have a heavy reliance on um, American technology, American equipment, and you pay in foreign currency. Uh, exactly, yes. you know we we pay in foreign currency, and so when the rand misbehaves, as I call it, um, there's a direct impact on your cost. So if you but you know did your budget in 2022 for 2023. At a rate, and now um, there's a twenty percent. And now there's a twenty percent variance. <laughs> I mean, how do you justify that? Um, so I think those are some of the things we we also need to think about and educate uh, our stakeholders mm. to say, look, at any given point in IT, you know what you know. You plan for the best, uh, but sometimes these things, you know, come at us. So the 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 issue of cost, you just need to have a way. Um, of talking about it so that your stakeholders yeah. understand the dimensions. I, I, I the guess there's going to be a trade-off, you know, do you correct. spend the, the additional money and get the approval or do you actually cut back in other areas to, to facilitate Absolutely. this additional cost that's coming at you? I guess, I guess the problem of doing more with, more less, with less has been around for decades now. Yes. And I think that the, the, the 
the principle hasn't changed. Maybe the nature and the dynamics of the detail has changed today. Correct, correct. Yeah. And I mean, the the economy hasn't been doing well for a while. Yeah. And and for a lot of organizations, I mean, or, or, or tech leaders, is to say, but what do I cut back on? <laughs> true, true. <laughs> the ask is, is so a bit it's hard. It's a big CIO challenge. Yeah. Vikile, we've spoken about a number of topics today. I think they're all topical and, and interesting and very relevant in, in our world. Uh, before we close, any any last comments or thoughts of anything you think we've missed? Yeah, I think um, just as a parting short, you know, I, I still get very excited to be to be in tech. Um, you know, my 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 husband often often thinks I'm crazy <laughs> because it just seems so risky, and sometimes yes. I'm on a call at twelve in the morning. But I think we shouldn't lose, you know, the the I'll call it the tech spark. Um, I think there's there's a lot that be- businesses can benefit um, from 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 new tech, and there's a lot of value that we bring to the table. And I think, in as much as we feel we in the back room trying to understand power outages and and solve for um, ransomwares and security, et cetera, et cetera, um, we need to come to the party in 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 terms of the opportunity um, that that technology can bring to you know to the to the organization. Um, and I just think we should never lose that that excitement. Yeah, and and, and, and the plethora of tools and and innovations that are coming about today just makes it all the more relevant to say absolutely you can help businesses move forward by by leveraging that capability. Absolutely. So I, I always say for every risk, there's two opportunities. Um, and when you when you only focus on the risks, you lose out on true, the opportunities. True, true. Fikile, it's been fascinating. I really Thank enjoyed you, our chat today. Thank you very much for your time. Thank it's been, you. It's been it's been great. Thank I enjoyed you. the conversation. Thank you, Jadab.